You're listening to Adam and Eve, your feminist radio show on CJSR, 88.5 FM in Edmonton and around the world at CJSR.com. My name is Marco Visconti. And I'm Marie Fontaine. We'll be your hosts for this evening of Feminist Radio. Thank you for tuning in. On today's show, we're highlighting some events from the Skirts of Fire Her Arts Festival last weekend. Starting with Black Girl Magic. If you missed Black History Month, Edmontonians got a second chance to see some of Edmonton's awesome Black women performers during the Skirts of Fire Festival. Words Unzipped was an interdisciplinary show curated by Nasra Adam, Edmonton's Youth Poet Laureate. After performances by Shima Robinson, Mpoe Mogale, Linda Bulimo, Medjean Mathurin, Ray Cash Walters, Karima, Jules Nix, and Nasra herself, Marie had a lively chat with the artists. That's right, Marco. It was a diverse program of spoken word pieces, poetry, dance, song, and tarot card reading mixed with poetry. The space was full of people and magic after the show, so I switched on my mic and asked a few questions. This is what they had to say. Let's take a listen. Yeah, so let's just start. Like, yeah, sure. It would be great if it would be like all of you kind of like just having a little conversation about what, <laughs> what black magic means in Edmonton. Black girl magic in Edmonton? Yeah. Uh, what does black girl magic in Edmonton mean? It means doing what we just did. <laughs> it means getting together. It means community. It means uh, showcasing. It means presenting. It means representing. It means... It means making us visible. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm so tired of uh, art being, you know what I mean? Like, we're just hidden. We're in the background. This is making us visible. Yeah. I thought there's only one. One to represent all. That's that happens for like forever. I've been like I grew up in Edmonton, and it's always been like the one black person, the one black woman, and it's that's representation of all black women. And that's not the black woman experience of Edmonton. It's very diverse. And like when we think about intersectionality, that makes the black woman experience very different. Right. Any other thoughts about black magic in Edmonton? Yes, uh, black girl magic is sacredness it's multifaceted depth and substance it is inspiration it is struggle but it is also strength and resilience and um, home um, and a level of just a nest um, for those who are around and so yeah Black Girl Magic in Edmonton and everywhere. It's about community. It's about diversity. It's about oneness and creating and creating and building upon what's already there to create the most magnificence you'll ever see. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were magnificent. So what, what about you, Black Girl Magic, um, in this city? Yeah, in the city and in the world, I think it's just like, pure mystical um, like beauty that you don't get it's always been around it's always been here um, I think finally there's a um, we're bringing attention to that and even it's not even a focal point so even when you say black girl magic that in itself is a world in itself so it's just like basically a descriptor for beauty um, so I just stay tuned and just be aware and um, recognize the black girl magic black magic that you see everywhere that is already present in your life whether you're black or not it's already there so um, um, just yeah, be very grateful for it because yes. it's beautiful. <laughs> it's the root to all. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's the root to all. Yeah, so I didn't get your input oh, yes. on that. So what, so what is Black Girl Magic? Yeah, oh well, in this city, though. Like in this where city. We, the place we inhabit. Ah. Ooh. Edmonton. Um, Black Girl Magic is, uh, is the women, the black mothers and aunties and grandmas who cook and cook and cook um, for, for the communities, <laughs> for the weddings, for the parties, for the gatherings, um, the women at the back of the kitchen, the women carrying the children on their hips, um, the women raising uh, communities, um, fighting the systems uh, that disregard their humanity constantly. Um, it is uh, it is this, it is this, it, the art scene, um, it is the, the ciphers and freestyles and jam sessions that happen in basements and after, you know, uh, poetry nights and, and, um, um, and it's, like has been said, magic that has existed um, and will continue to exist. I think also the specific history of blackness in Alberta um, is often overlooked. Uh, people been black and they've been here. Um, and so um, I, I'm excited to, uh, to add to the pot um, and to create our own brand of, of excellence and magic um, just by grabbing, you know, the tidbits of what we've gathered and what we've inherited, but also um, um, taking into account our specific existence as like young, young black uh, feminine people. Yeah. And words have been your tools and movement, your tools and notes and language. So what made you decide to become amazing artists? What, what was the pivotal moment that made you say, I'm doing this? Um, it was the process of understanding the world that we live in. And like I said in my performance, that art knows us better than we know ourselves. So the process of art, we understand. And we thrive. And we gather and um, experience strength with others who, who understand that process. Who mm. get us. Yeah. 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 And like, I would say that in as much as existing is creative, it's not as much a choice as it is just the manifestation of what we actually are in communities, like by nature, um, by, by, by our own allowance um, more than our decision. Um, and I feel like it's like we work hard at it because of the work is work but like the intrinsic sense of like how to hit that note and how to move that way how to say what I mean that's all just like that's that's like that's like soul that's like right that's like embedded it found you yeah and it, and it finds you it finds it finds us through our mothers it finds us in the womb it finds us through our our communities and we 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 can't we cannot but on it right like that is that is that is like where like the the the, the, the the inspiration is just like is just it just it, it drives a, 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 a life course that is the only life course that makes sense for us. So beautiful, well said. What about you? What made you decide? I mean, those songs and the language, the way you mix them, it was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, art is the way that I can express myself without any sort of restriction. I think that the biggest issue for human beings tends to be 
us getting in our own way and self-censorship and for me when I'm singing when I'm painting or writing that's the opportunity for whatever it is that's inside of me that is channeling this this message this communication this feeling is the chance for all that to kind of just walk into place and alignment just, just completely aligned and just resonance to me art is like perfect resonance just like just, just nature in in our bodies the most natural way we can be is to communicate through through true emotion and true true resonance that's the only way I can explain it yeah, that's great so beautiful perfect yeah. thank you thanks yeah well, it's great talking to you guys thank you so much thanks Welcome back to Adam and Eve, your feminist radio show on CJSR. If you're just tuning in, I'm Marco Visconti, and today our show is devoted to covering the Skirts of Fire Festival, Edmonton's only multidisciplinary festival celebrating and elevating the work of women, and that was an interview with the women behind Black Girl Magic that we just heard. Hi, I'm Marie Fontaine. Skirts of Fire celebrated its fifth year, and I had a blast meeting so many talented women. Up next, we'll hear from the actors who played in the Mommy Monologues. Exactly, Marco. Fellow Adam and Eva, Rose, Eva, and I spent an evening together at the premiere of the Mummy Monologues. Try and say that after you've had a couple of beers. It's not easy. This year's main stage play for the Skirts of Fire Her Arts Festival, which played at the Alberta Avenue Community League from the 2nd through to the 12th of March. The play was a series of short dramatic vignettes about motherhood, written by 10 local playwrights, Nicole Moeller, Dana Raymond, Connie Massing, Michelle Vance Hare, Kat Walsh, Glenda Sterling, Annette Loisel, Catherine Collar, Mieko Ushi, and Beth Graham. The ten monologues were interwoven with a piece of music written by songwriter Andrea House. While Roseva was mingling with members of the audience, I got a chance to chat with the actors of the Mummy monologues, Coralie Cairns, Chantel Han, and Mary Hulbert. Hi. I'm uh, with CJSR, oh, and I was wondering if I could just get a few words from you about, yeah, your experience playing all those roles and... Oh, I, it was so much fun. Uh, it was exciting. Uh, and because the characters are all so different, and it's a monologue, so it's a very... The journey is, is, is fast and small, right, as opposed to doing a whole play where you have this big arc. So... It's intense, but it was so much fun to create completely different characters. And with the women, all the women that wrote, uh, to hear all these different voices and what they brought to the table, you know, uh, for the play. Can I talk to you for a minute just yes. about your experience uh, doing this? Sure. It's for CJSR. Okay, cool. Yes, absolutely. What would you like to know? Well, just how did you feel all those roles are you you had some pretty tough characters yeah. to play I I did there were there were moments leading up to rehearsal where I was really I was pretty anxious but um, I've worked with Glenda before she used to be my teacher in university and I felt like I was in such good hands and she wouldn't let me look stupid and she helped me so much and we had the amazing luxury of having Annette who's the festival director in the room all the time with us so she would make changes and she was always giving input so that was extremely helpful and 
Oh, I love Miyako. That was her, that was her last piece. Yeah. Mothers and grandmothers. That was incredible. Lovely. Really, really incredible. And but that the, the one that you had to do about Blue Marty. Blue Marty. Yeah, kind yeah. of like a horror theme, which I think is so exciting and and it's funny too because I'm I'm actually not a mom, but I'm I'm an I'm an auntie for you know a, a decade now, and I feel like I know what it's like to an extent and um, yeah I just tried to draw on that and ultimately mothers are just people you know with with a great responsibility and I just I just did my best and especially to make each one of them really distinct but that was easy with how different each piece was I remember our first day in rehearsal uh, we had a read-through of the scripts and m many of the playwrights were present too and it was just a room full of a dozen amazing female artists and that's such a such a luxury yeah I loved it and then Paul who did the music came in we were like oh there we go here's our oh. guy but but he's wonderful yeah it's Everyone's like good. when you look around and hey there's a guy here he's, he <laughs> yeah <belong."> exactly <laughs> hello mommy monologues yeah exactly yeah but the last one the last piece by Miyako Wushi that was you know, nice bringing the father figure into totally. into the whole play—it was a nice way to end the whole. Absolutely, yeah. yeah you're right. It's different. It's the, one of the few times where we have a male presence, his his voice actually in the pieces. Yeah. I mean, and we did have the other one where she was talking to Harry, I think. Right. Yes, but he wasn't very responsive. Let's no. say. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting, and I think it's great. I, hopefully, it it encourages other men to come out to this as well just because it's called mommy monologues I mean. yeah but i think i got just a sense from looking at the audience a lot, I, I got a sense that a lot of the men were really you know having a really good time they really enjoyed it there was a lot of laughter yeah. it was male oh laughter. good i'm so glad yeah i could yeah, hear I that. that and i did see a lot of male faces which was really wonderful yeah yeah okay thanks for talking thank you so much hi hi how are you can i um talk to you of for a second you may. yeah 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 just um, get some impressions from you about your experience doing these plays oh um, well it's been a real treat it's been really lovely um, just because there's so many different writers so you get to do completely different pieces for an actor that's really nice that you get to play sometimes three or four characters just in one show is a real delight and working with so many lovely ladies has actually just been a joy a real joy this is Adam and Eve on CJSR. I'm Marie Fontaine, and you were listening to my interview with Coralie Cairns, Chantal Han, and Mary Hulbert, the actors in this year's Skirts of Fire main stage production, The Mummy Monologues. Skirts of Fire festival director Annette Loisel commissioned curator Mary Joyce to select local women artists to be showcased in the Nina Haggerty Gallery for this year's festival. Mary Joyce, who's an artist herself, as well as a teacher and a writer, has been immersed in the world of art for more than 30 years, and was thrilled with the task. Her first stop was Jenny Vett. When she saw her latest work, entitled Inhospitable Women, Mary knew she'd found a winning name for the entire exhibit. That's right, Inhospitable Women. I caught up with Jenny Vett, along with five of the other artists featured in the show. Lana Whiskeyjack, Marlena Wyman, Sherry Chaba, Michelle Lavoie, and Bonnie Blackburn, as well as Mary Joyce herself. Let's listen to what she had to say about the curatorial process, and then we'll hear from the artists themselves. Well, I'm Mary Joyce, and I was happy to be asked to curate this show for Skirts of Fire. I didn't know what we would call it, and I didn't really know what it would be about before I started. I started in October, so it's been on 
it's been in progress a long time. I went around the artist studios, the ones uh, that I had thought would be most likely to have work uh, that might that might be interesting, and I and I had a look around. I didn't try to put a, a concept onto the work. Instead, I had a look at what they were doing, and then I I found there was a there was an interesting concept, and the concept came from a young emerging artist called Jenny Vecht, who's active in the city. And she'd done a picture, and it's hard to say on the radio, but it's on the cover of our brochure, the one we made. It's called Inhospitable Woman. So, yeah, how did you get involved in this project? Uh, hmm, I, it was Mary who got in touch with me. Um, she had, I had bumped into her, we were both hanging art at the armory one day, and, um, yeah, she came for a studio visit at my house. I only had one painting of the series that I have here, um, but we kind of talked about it and decided that I could do a series um, based off of that one painting uh, to do a special for the show. When I saw the, the, the title image, it reminded me of Absolutely Fabulous. Yes. I don't know if you know that series. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's actually what that painting is based on. Oh, right. Yeah, I, it's uh, actually me dressed as Patsy from AbFab. Um, I needed to borrow her uh, comical self-confidence, right? Um, kind of her stoic um, shrewdness, I guess. <laughs> and um, but then it was when I placed the barbs on her shoulders that kind of pulled the um, idea of inhospitable woman together. And um, the series, like the birds tell me a little bit about like I think of Alfred Hitchcock as well yeah. <laughs> when I see them yeah it, actually Alfred Hitchcock is a good um, thought for this because normally birds are you know whimsical creatures but in this series they kind of represent uh, a societal expectation of women and all these different women are kind of um, have adapted to this world where birds are constantly trying to land on them and uh, they've they're all dealing with these pests in their own ways. I am Bonnie Blackburn. I am a resident artist here at the Nina Hagerty, uh, which means I'm a paid client, so I pay to be here. And Paul's like, we need a mom that's doing artwork here. And I'm a mom. And so my kids kind of inspired the artwork because you know how children are told to go to bed and then they don't. So the artwork is this village of kids snuck out and the playground comes to life and they become immortally stuck in the playground forever. So it is called the uh, Haunted Playground or Killer Playground as it is in the uh, brochure. Um, it is cut work which means it's paper that's cut into shapes and then glued together into different pictures. Um, there are eight pieces in the show uh, out of, I think, 15 pieces mm -hmm. that are going to be made into uh, hopefully a movie and maybe a storybook. They're all based on strong warrior women in my life, um, women I know who are, um, hopefully I captured them in their elements of beauty of overcoming some great obstacles and challenges and they're just amazing to me amazing role models and uh, rocks and strength and so with Camille she is uh, she talks about how she had a, an experience 
um, a tra traumatic experience. She and she talks about the bear being. Uh, she started having dreams about the bear being very. Um, it was it was scary. The bear seemed to represent some fear and. Um, but as she started to do her healing around that traumatic experience, the bear became indifferent to her. It became um, motherly, and uh, and so she she's very connected to the bear spirit. And of course, bear spirit it represents family. It represents strength. It represents you know those mama, that mother um, nurturing love fierceness of the mothers in our lives. Right? Who doesn't give up on us no matter what. Yes, they're always there to welcome us back home. And so um, so that's her connection with the, the bear spirit. And um, I actually took a photo of her. That's based on a photo. Of she, and we had her right, a raggedy old bear rug that we just covered with a, the blanket and different things um, by the river, so it's actually based on it's beautiful. So just tell me a little bit how you got involved in Skirts of Fire. Oh, um, actually, it was it's nice. Um, I'm I'm actually doing a PhD right now in educational policy studies. I've been a visual artist for a long time. Um, I bumped into Mary Joyce, uh, the curator. At I've known Mary for years at um, a lecture. Uh, a politics lecture <laughs> at oh, okay. the university. So, I mean, we artists are everywhere. And, uh, and she wanted to see my work and, and do a studio visit. And so we arranged that sort of after the lecture, and that's how that started. Oh, wow. So you yeah. have your own studio where you do a lot of I work? I have or? a studio. Uh, right now, I have a studio downstairs where I do the paintings. Okay. And it's a small studio. And I do large paintings, you know, six foot by four foot kind of. Uh, so what I do is I, I work, and then I take photographs of it. I take it upstairs to the computer, kind of play with some color, and then go back downstairs. So upstairs is kind of a, it's my office right now for where I'm writing papers for my PhD, uh, but also it's a digital studio where I do some of my digital So you, with the computer, you kind of alter the colors, and then... I, I think about the colors. It influences I, what you yeah, do. Yeah, okay. and then I'll, well, sometimes, you know, you can paint and paint and repaint and repaint, and it takes a long, long time. So what I do is I, I flip through several colors on the computer and get go, oh, okay, that turquoise might look nice there, and then I'll go back to the painting and, and kind of work back and forth that way. And my work is, is uh, digital as well as painting, so I actually have gel transfers as well as paint. The life-size figures are gel transfer. Mary Joyce came to my studio as well, so I have this very small studio. So, so in your she house? Braved, yeah, she braved going down there because she actually sat on the step because basically there was no no room because yeah when you're tight here with the small yeah when you're tight every little space this counts is the smallest work i've ever done so i'm i'm now trying to condense my things very tiny because i've i've moved from a rural where i had the whole the whole landscape to work with to the city so and that's part of the theme of my work as well so remind me which piece is yours i'm, I'm the hanging one the hanging one. Oh, yes, I'm wow. The, yeah. Sculpture. Yes, I'm the installation. Yeah, wow. so it's a, it's a small installation. Incredible. When I looked up, I thought Stonehenge for some reason. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can totally see that. They have weight. Sorry, you said they have weight. Oh, I, ha so I had to work under a tight guideline here because Mary came to my studio and I had this piece in progress. And she says, no, no, you can only have 10 pounds. The ceiling can only hold 10 pounds. So I had to go and get it redone so that it weighed less and, and uh, yeah. I'll so your art has a lot of gravitas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Literally and figuratively. Yes.
Mary was doing artist studio visits, and she knows that I, I do a lot of uh, work with uh, the subject of women in my artwork, mostly early prairie women. But when she came to do a studio visit, I have a wall where I have collected items and photographs uh, of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And she looked at that and she said, that's what you have to do. So then I had to interpret that. And it's interesting because I'm not a religious person. Like I grew up in the United Church uh, and then left it when I left home. But I've always been attracted to that Mary figure partly because she just has this feeling of peace and, and calm about her, but also she's this really strong female figure in a religion that is not particularly hospitable to women always. So I just thought, well, good for her. <laughs> it's great to see. And so I started... Way to go, Mary. Exactly. And so also because my background is in history, I used to be an archivist, I... Every time I go to a place, I will visit the cemetery. It gives me lots of history. And also, I just find it a very peaceful place to be. And I'm always, again, attracted to the Marys there and take photos. And uh, my husband and I do spend some time in Newfoundland. We have a bit of land there. His family's from there originally. Every time we go, I visit the cemeteries. And there's these Mary figures that I found so fascinating. They're about a foot and a half tall. They come from a plaster mold, and then the, the family members take the plaster mold and individually hand paint them. So each Mary looks different, and I just love the interpretations. So I've taken photographs of those, and for this exhibit, I did a, um, an image transfer process onto a beeswax surface, and then I took uh, of these Mary figures, and then I, I took some vintage uh, wallpaper that's ocean themed and did an image transfer behind each Mary onto that beeswax surface as well. So these are each basically image transfers of the photos I took of these Marys that I found in the Newfoundland cemeteries. Welcome back, I'm Marco Visconti, and that was an interview with the group of visual artists featured at the Skirts of Fire Festival. And that's it for today's show. This has been Adamant Eve, your feminist radio show on CJSR. Thanks for tuning in. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Adamant Eve. And you can find our past episodes on iTunes and on CJSR's SoundCloud page. Once again, my name is Marco Visconti. And I'm Marie Fontaine. And we have been your hosts. Tune in again in two weeks for more feminist radio. So long for now. Adam and Eve is a spoken word project of CJSR FM 88.5 in Edmonton, Alberta, and our journalism is funded by you, the listeners. We produce this week's show in the studios of CJSR FM 88.5 on Treaty 6 territory in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. We leave you with Keep It Up, Monsieur by Karima.